The horizon had bled from light to dark, like a man flushing with anger. Shalon gripped the railing, watching the entire world transform. Vines withdrew, rock buds closed, grass hidden its holes. They knew, somehow. They all knew. The horizon grew even darker. A few people on the balcony fled to the back room's safety, their nerves getting the better of them. Most stayed, silent. Windsprints zipped in tiny rivers of light overhead. Shalon took Adeline by the arm, staring eastward. Minutes passed until finally she saw it. The storm wall. It consumed the shattered plains one plateau at a time. Soon it loomed over the war camps, coming on with a roar. We should go, Adeline eventually said. She barely heard him. Life. Something lived inside that storm. Something that no artist had ever drawn, no scholar had ever described. She had never been so close to a high storm. Even when she'd only been inches away from one, separated by a window shutter, she had not been as close as she was now. Watching that darkness descend upon the war camps. I need to draw. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book Two, Words of Radiance. Quick spoiler warning for chapter 49, Watching the World Transform. Um, I normally say stuff like, if you uh, skipped an episode or if you uh, doubly doubly, um, I think you get it. I think by now, after two seasons, <laughs> 30 episodes into the second season, you get what I'm about to say. This is a big spoiler for chapter 49. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he's never shot himself while podcasting. At least I don't think he has. It's Jack? Not that you know of. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess it all... I have people. I have people for that now. You ha- oh, you have people? <laughs> <laughs> There's enough lull in the podcast that so you, can, like, I think... you can get a drink so... and get someone to wipe your ass for you? <laughs> well, this was a surprise because this could officially be dubbed the poop chapter for sure. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. When I, when I first read it, I just, I couldn't help it. And I texted you right away. Yeah. I, I said, Oh my gosh, this is just hilarious. Yeah. It's a, definitely um, a, a dude poop moment for sure. <laughs> well, I apologize to all of our listeners for the, uh, for the, uh, uh, I guess the frequency of the, um, discussion in the excrement area but we'll, we'll try to keep it to a minimum this is chapter 49 mm-hmm. watching the world transform yeah it's pretty good it's pretty great pretty it's pretty great so these light weavers this is cool because this little excerpta um gives us the uh i guess the the confidence that light weavers are normally artists mm-hmm. like shalon yep So these light weavers by no coincidence included many who pursued the arts, namely writers, artists, 
musicians, painters, and sculptors, considering the order's general temperament, the tales of their strange and varied mnemonic abilities may have been embellished. Yeah. And mnemonic word. Like Johnny mnemonic. Johnny mnemonic. It's Manemana at the beginning. It's also it's Man- another it's another moment where the Muppets come into play. Manemana. It's a Manemanonic. 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 Um Yeah, so so that that word of course meaning being able to lead to and decipher patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so mnemonic. So this is kind of what we talked about before when we we're like, oh, patterns got to hook up with Navani to help figure out the Don chant, right? Remember we talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really mm-hmm. not pattern that's going to be helping Navani. It would be Shalon with patterns help. So right. it seems with the, like with the mnemonic, right? It seems like the right. light weavers are able to do these things, but yeah. it's probably mo- more than likely their spren who is helping them decipher these things. So they're showing abilities mm. they don't actually really have. It's their spren that has right. it. You know what I mean? Right. Super cool. When, yeah. when I read that, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's really awesome. <clears throat> so we start out with Shalon leaving. So she's leaving her carriage in a stable in the outer markets. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she's led to a stairwell. She climbs it out onto a terrace. So she's on her way to meet Adeline. Yeah. Or Adeline, sorry. Uh, the big date. Um, the big date is happening. They, so it says here, there were enough here to look out over the war camps. The perspective was eastward toward the origin. I like that. It says perspective there, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Cool. Um, so eastward toward the origin, this kind of makes Shalon feel a bit uncomfortable. She's not used to being in environments facing the origin, facing the storm. It's quite high too, right? So. And it's quite high. What an unnatural arrangement. It made her feel exposed. Mm -hmm. Shalon was accustomed to balconies, gardens, and patios all facing away from the storms. True. Nobody was likely to be out here when a high storm was expected, but it just felt off. I almost anticipated that was going to say odd to her. Right, right. Yeah, you can almost feel that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So a master servant comes over, calls for Brightness Devar. Without need of introduction, she'd have to get used to that. Yeah. In Alethkar, she was a novelty and an easily recognizable one. I thought that was cool. That that she's not not used to being recognized without, you know, like... It's, it's, it's funny because it's like, she's caused kind of a stir in the, in the camps, shows up to this meeting looking amazing. We know by, cause she was light weaving. Everyone took notice of her. So if she was trying to hide herself, she did a piss poor job of it showing up, looking fabulous and stuff. Right. So yeah. Well, she's au natural tonight, right? There's no, yeah, yeah. There's nothing. So yeah. Yeah. Shalon drew the eyes of the other patrons and it says here, well, good. She had come here to upset their world. I love that. Yeah. I thought it was great. She came here to flip tables over and, and, and get, get shit into done. A fight. Yeah. She came, she came <clears> here <throat> to get in a fight and chew gum and she's all out of gum kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. Yeah. And I'm all, and I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. For those listeners that may not know what that's from, that is from John Carpenter's They Live, which has close to a seven minute fight between... Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, I think it is. Yeah. Is it Rowdy Roddy Piper? It's, it's Piper, yeah, film? it's the Piper, yeah. I think it's Piper. Dude, that's it's a good an, movie. It's a brilliant movie. It's a good movie. It needs to be remade. 
Okay. I don't Enough know. I think that. it just needs to be rewatched. To be honest, I'm about re- the rewatch, well, not the well, remade. Absolutely rewatched, but it's so sinister. Like when when you're putting on the sunglasses and looking at around the world, yeah. and it says "obey," right? No imagination. Like it's really creepy. Yeah. I, I just I I want it retold. I don't mean to take away from the original. So I'm just which, saying. Okay, hold on. Let's let's take a quick uh, uh, storm pod here break and say <laughs> if uh, we're going off on a rant here. If you're going to yeah. remake it. Which current wrestling star would be in it? Because <laughs> you gotta have a wrestling it star in be, it. If it's Rowdy Piper, well, okay. you have to have a new wrestling I, star. I would have to defer to our fandom of Stormpod because I don't know wrestling. True. The last time I checked in on wrestling, people were having rubber bands hanging from their ears and things like that. Are you talking? Are you are you dropping a subtle Captain Lou Albano? Lou, uh, yeah, Lou, Lou, and Andre the Giant. That's the last time I checked in dude, on that's wrestling. Like forty I, years ago. That's forty years ago. I've missed forty years of wrestling, dude. All right, let's move I don't on. Know let's what's move going on. You know what's funny is that I ask you for who you think, and I have no clue of any new wrestlers either. Though there is yeah. one wrestler, I think his name is Brandon Cutler. I think he fights for in AEW wrestling, and his legit his gimmick is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. This is the guy that really? this is the guy that spilled out D4s on the mat and body slam guys on D4s. <laughs> oh. So if anybody's going to be involved in our, us yeah. remaking They Live, yeah. it's going to be Brandon Cutler. <laughs> well, I think that they should get that guy in in the D and D movies. What yeah. they should do, yeah, he should you know he should be uh, guest starring on Critical Role is what he should be doing. Anyways, okay, let's that let's get well. back to it. Okay, so back to it. So the patrons are she wants to upset their world, and then she says. She wants them to listen to her regarding the parchment. I want to bring this back to you yet again. I know it's me just repeating myself, yeah. but but it's what I do. Yeah. Um. She she's made up her mind about these parchment. Yeah, I know. She really has. She she wants them to listen to them regarding the parchment. And then it says here in the text, those were everywhere in camp. Again, I don't like the way she thinks that the parchment are those, right. referring to them as those. Mm-hmm. That's. I'm sorry. It's even more so now because we've gotten a glimpse into their society. Beforehand, yeah. before we had those um, uh, those interludes with Eshenai and her sister Venli, they were just kind of faceless yeah. monsters. Yeah, I want more of that, by the way. Right? And, but now that we know them, like we know there's culture there, there's, you know, there's survivability, these the, the, these listeners, we know what they really are. They're not Parshendi, they're listeners. Yeah. We It, it makes yeah. us feel a little bit more on their side too, right? So, yeah. Well, yeah, it gives you more perspective, right? Ah, look so, at you. Right. Yeah. There you go. So, but again, even to finish that one sentence, those were everywhere in camp, even here yeah. in this luxurious wine house. Whereas she's almost expecting this is too luxurious a place to have these horrible parchment in here. Like it just, I don't know, Shalon, like it's just, I don't like it. Yeah, I I, I agree. She's, uh, she's dehumanizing them a little bit. She is in, in her thoughts. I mean, she may not be the worst person ever with, I think she's, for lack of a better way to put it, she's, she's bought the hype. Like Yasna, Yasna's concerns has turned into a little bit of propaganda because she doesn't have evidence. She doesn't have anything yet. Yeah. No. So anyways, yeah. just want to bring that up. Um, so she's brought out onto a marble uh, uh, terrace where there's a beautiful balustrade, <clears throat> which I, I had to look up because I'm like, balustrade, I know I've read that before, but really what it is, it's it's a railing. 
<laughs> railing. That's what it is. Balustrade. Bala balustrade. You know what it's, balustrade it's, sounds uh, like? It sounds like something out of uh, Ravenloft. My name is Balustrade. <laughs> it's a good name, actually. Ba- balustrade is like Strahd's son. I am Balustrade. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, here, Adolin has a table set off uh, on this terrace uh, with an unobstructed view facing east. Again, facing in an area that she's not that comfortable. He's browsing through a folio, and she was amused to see that the folio was actually fashions out of Leofor and Azir, which draws our attention to the lovely art. Yes. This is at exactly, the front of this chapter. Yeah, exactly. So we can turn yeah. to it now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was, I'm actually glad that you were all up for saving it for this moment because it's, it's yeah. perfect, right? So yeah, these he's, are, looking um, at, he's looking at this. Like, yeah. And it says, this well, in, in a way, page like this. shows contemporary designs out of Azir using local mm-hmm. models, though these are specifically may, uh, male civil servant outfits. The styles have deeply influenced all Azish fashion. So it's really, really mm-hmm. neat. Like the lines and the, the uh, what I can assume yeah. are probably colors, because even if you're looking at this black and white photo, you can kind of tell that mm-hmm. some of these outfits are probably colorful. So it's really I'm nice. imagining it to, to be colorful and, and maybe even shiny in some in some some respects mm-hmm. um so um yeah i love it i think the lines are really cool and again it's just um it's fascinating to see a little bit of the azish um culture. i guess fashion mm-hmm. and and part of their culture yeah depicted in in that way and him flipping through it of course is great and she finds it cute yeah and so do we because we love the fact that he loves fashion. we love it yeah so she is hit you know what She's hit uh, with not just having to be uh, out on this terrace, which eventually comes a a high storm, Mm -hmm. but she's also hit from him too. He's hitting her like with, you know, he's handsome. It says right here, uh, he looked as handsome as he had before, but she would not let him muddle her mind. Right. She had a purpose to this meeting, an alliance with House Colon to help her brothers and give her resources for exposing the void bringers and discovering her hero. So she's con- she's constantly during this date reminding yeah. herself, yeah. don't remember capsule, you know, you know, don't let his smile <laughs> yep. get in the way like this. Yeah. And, but she keeps being disarmed by it too. Well, I mean, let's be honest. <clears throat> our boy Adeline is really good looking. He's, he's our boy. He's good looking. And he's also like very charming in like, kind of like a bumbling kind of way. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, he's one of my favorites. He's awesome. He's great. He's awesome. Brightness, Shalon, you are, you settling well in Sabariel's camp? He says to her, she says, yeah. Um, and then she has a thought here in this chat. I'm at, this is the paper bag. I'm at the top of 678. Yeah. She says, right at the start of the, at the start of the date. Right. She has this thought. Our children would have the strangest hair ever. She thought his gold and black alethi locks and my red ones and ellipsis. And then it says, and was she really thinking about their children already? Foolish girl. Yeah. This is, this is so funny that it's gone from zero to a hundred. Yeah. She's like, don't let his smile get in the way. He's handsome. Yes. Mu- don't let him muddle your thoughts. We have to I'm worry about to discover Uruthiru Uruthiru. and void bringers and the death of society. Yes. And oh my God, look at right. his hair, my hair. And oh my children. God, our children would have the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. isn't that just wonderful? I just yeah. loved it. Yeah. Um, so she's like, yes, uh, she says to him, uh, he has been quite kind to me. It's probably because your family, Aidlin says. 
pushing in her chair, and he did it himself. He pushed in her chair, which she's not used to, somebody being that highborn to do that, doing yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, he says, Sibiril only does what he feels he's forced to. I think he may surprise you, says Shalon. Oh, he's already done that on several occasions. Really? When? Well, he once produced a very loud and inappropriate noise at a meeting with the king. Does that count? And of course, he's referring to a flatulence. Yes, it sounds that, like Sabariel let one rip with a meeting of the king. <laughs> a ripper. Which, who, who among us have not let one rip in the presence of royalty? I mean... This is the ripper poop chapter, folks. This, this is, is, uh, this this is, is the what one. we're dealing with. Yeah, this is, there's only one at each book, and you're getting it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, she says, knowing what I do of Uncle Sibariel, I doubt that such a thing is particularly surprising from him. Expected uh, is more like it. He says, he starts to laugh a little bit and says, yes, I suppose you're right. That She's you totally are. doubling down on this Uncle Sibariel thing here. This is yeah. a slight lie. You know, she went into this, this date, not wanting to lie to him, like with like, you know, uh, light weaving looks or anything like that. But saying that it's his, her uncle is a little bit of a lie. They're not, they're not related. She can, you know, use uncle as like an honorific now because she's living in his household, but it is trying to come off like they are related, which is not true at all. So, which is not true. Yeah. Um, master servant comes over. And she, uh, with a list of wines, um, she is dark-eyed and Adeline still smiles at her and she takes a note of that. Um, she'd f- uh, she confronted with Adeline here, it says here on the next paragraph, she'd feel far more capable when trying to scam the leader of the Ghostbloods yeah. than, than to try to court this man or convince this guy mm-hmm. that he should be with her. Yeah. And so just- I find that's funny. Like, like this is more... It's, she finds this more challenging than right. going up and lying, like, you know, impersonating. The, the other thing I think here <clears> that <throat> we have to remember is that that wasn't Shalon that dealt with the, the ghost blood. Vale. That was Vale. So if she's like right. kind of like making, developing this acting ability, she can become a mm. character that allows for her to have confidence, right? And speaking of confidence, there's actually a, a, a spot here where he, she says about mm-hmm. Adeline, she's like, he seems so confident and not in a conceited way, not like her father had been. Actually, right. it, uh, she's like, in fact, it occurred to her that her father's attitude had not been caused by confidence, but the opposite, but the which opposite. was the lack of yeah. confidence. And the that's lack, why he was yeah. like that. So that's kind of a nice yep. little... Um, kind of like a, a eye-opening moment for her to tell us a little bit about right. her dad, not through these flashbacks, but from this right. grown-up Shalon, right? Like, dad was like but, that because he was not confident, you know? But again, so that conclusion about her father being yeah. not confident, that could be shared by her older brother, Helleran. Right. And Wit would say, well, you don't know anything then. Right. Yeah. So I'm just wondering... Yeah. I mean, even Shalon's impression of her father could be skewed. Incorrect. Right. Right. <clears throat> or skewed. Yeah. Right. So she says, uh, so he says, uh, we're supposed to get married. <laughs> I love it. Um, Just come uh, right yeah. out the door, right out the <laughs> yeah. box. We're supp- yeah. yeah. Right out the gate. So it's gone from, it's gone from flatulence to, uh, no, sorry. It's gone from, I wonder what her kids would look like. No, it's gone from, I don't want to think about this guy or let him get close to me in any way, shape or form. I wonder what her kids are going to be like. To flatulence to, so we're supposed to get married. Yeah. It's moving um, fast. I would, I would lighten that phrasing, Bright Lord. We aren't supposed to get married. Your cousin Yasna merely wanted us to consider a union, and your aunt seemed to agree. 
The Almighty may, sorry, the Almighty save a man when his female relatives collude about his future. Yeah. Sure, it's all right for Yasna to run about in her middle years without a spouse, but if I reach my 23rd birthday without a bride, it's like I'm some kind of a menace. Kind of sexist of her, don't you think? Well, she says, um, she wanted me to get married too, so I wouldn't call her sexist, merely Yasnaist. Or Yasnagenistic. No, Drat, I, w- I would have to, uh, it would have to be Miss Yasnagenistic. <laughs> or sorry, Yasnahistic, and that doesn't work very well, does it? You're asking me? What do you think we should uh, w- order? <laughs> yeah, she's she, completely she says, confused so, by this. Like, <clears throat> So first of all, t-shirt, come on. Yasnagenistic, yeah, I want it. Me too. Um, Yasnagenistic, I want that on a t-shirt. This is a little bit of an awkward um, talk about Yasna. You know, she's not around anymore. She was kind of the yeah. driving force to setting them up. It's, you know, like, does that even still hold up now that she's gone? It's very awkward. Yeah, it's it's a little, what should we say, fresh Yeah, to be making light. Yeah, because it's only been yeah, a few weeks okay. or whatever, right? Maybe a month at the most. Right. So we don't really know how long she was out on the frostlands, <clears> so. Um, so she's looking at this, this list of wine. She's like, those are all different kinds of wine. And he says, yeah, honestly, I don't pay a lot of attention to it. Renarin knows the difference between them. He'll drone on and on if you let him. <clears throat> Me, I order something that sounds important, but I'm really just choosing based on color. He says, we're technically at war. I won't be able to take anything too intoxicating just in case. Kind of silly as there won't be any plateau runs today. Are you sure? I thought they were, they were random. Yeah, but my war camp isn't up. They almost never come too close before a high storm anyway. Mm. And she says, wait, high storm? So this is when Shalon kind realizes. of realizes that a high storm is coming and they have a front row seat here. Right. <clears throat> Which is the big, the big conclusion so, of this chapter at the end here. Right. I really like, and before he says, we move yeah. away from it here, I really like yeah. the fact that um, he sort of mentions the codes again here. You know, we're technically mm. at war. I won't be able to take anything too intoxicating just in case. And he says right. it's kind of silly as there won't be really any plateau runs today. So, he, but he right. doesn't really rail against it like he used to in the first book. You know, in the first book, I used to make these jokes where no. he was like, the codes, damn you codes. But like damn now you he's, codes. Not, he's not really like that anymore, right? Like he's <laughs> kind of accepted right. it. Like he kind of gets it now, even though it is kind of silly. I'm not going to be on a plateau run today. I could get intoxicated if I really want to, but I still probably shouldn't, you know? Right. Yeah. It shows his sense of propriety. Yeah. Um. Should come any time now. You didn't know, he says, about the... About the uh, high storm? She's thinking to herself, looking eastward, act poised, be elegant, but a primal part of her wanted to scramble for a hole and hide. She says, I didn't look at uh, the list of, st- of um, storms Sabaril keeps. I've been busy. He says, huh, I wondered why you didn't ask about this place. I just assumed you'd heard of it already. And this place facing east Drinking wine. So I find this is interesting. This is like high, uh, high-born entertainment, if you will. Yeah. It's like a place to go that's super beautiful, where they can relax and drink wine and have this beautiful view and watch the high storm come up until the last moments and then, ret- and then retreat into an area where it's safe. I just find that this is true light eyes right here. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're sipping wine and having this luxurious moment. You're, you're looking at this beautifully carved balustrade, balustrade. and <clears throat> balustrade and, and you're, and this, this thing that 
basically kills everything in its path, destroys everything in its path is coming. I, I just find it kind of weird. It is a little strange, but it, you're right. It is kind of a perfect example of light eyes, um, privilege and their, right. You know what I mean? Like the, the only yeah. light eyes would be able to pull this off. Dark eyes would be like, fuck that. I got to fucking, uh, um, shore up my house to make sure my house doesn't get fucking blown up from the high storm. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I, I exactly, I don't think any dark eyes or, or other folks that don't enjoy the privileges of the light eyes. Yeah. I doubt they're sipping their beers or whatever they drink and looking at, at looking towards the east no. and then last minute going somewhere like the, and as I think it even says here coming up that all the markets are torn down the tents are put mm-hmm. away I don't know it's just it's just a level again a level of opulence that the light eyes get to enjoy that uh, I, th- I thought was interesting and of course Shalon's reaction to it is even more interesting yeah so he says to her um, or sorry r- r- Rather, she asks him, we're here to watch? And he says, it's the new fad. Apparently, we're supposed to sit here until the storm is almost upon us and then run into that other room and take shelter. I've wanted to come for weeks now and only just managed to convince my minders that I'd be safe here. We can go move into the safe room now if you want. She says, no, I'm fine. But you look pale. It's natural. Because you're vegan? Because I'm always on the edge of panic these days. This is, that's oh, is so that our, funny. Is, <laughs> is that our wine, she says. Okay, she pointedly so, did not look eastward. Let me ask you a question. What do you think yep. is a better date? Um, sipping wine and watching <laughs> the um, watching a high storm barrel towards you and almost be close to death or taking someone it, on an, an assassination investigation. What do you think is the better... <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I think both options that Adolin has, ch- has, has cho- or that we've seen him uh, choose, if you will, yeah. for his, his uh, respective uh, dates, both make the... I'm going to guess both make his dates feel uncomfortable. Right. So, I mean, Shalon is like, high storm? I didn't know about this. And she, she literally didn't know. She didn't understand uh, the nature of this, of this date. Yeah. And it is making her uneasy. And likewise, if you took someone to an assassination investigation, it would be I, weird. I can't see that. It, yeah. I but I think, I can't see I it think being... the, the brilliance in Adeline's <laughs> bumbling date uh, uh, life here is that if he's on a date with the right person, neither one option is going to matter much because the chemistry between them and if right. they're having fun together, that's all that's going to matter. Yeah. You could take her to an, yeah. investiga- an assassination investigation or a near-death uh, bal- yeah. balustrade uh, um, yeah. date. And either way, <laughs> if the chemistry between the two of them are real, it's not going to matter, which yeah. I think is kind of no. stupidly brilliant, maybe? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. well... It- you're right in that uh, what's interesting about it is that the only way those kind of dates are going to work is if he finds the one. Yeah. You know? Right. Like he has to find someone who really works with him. Right. So to that, look past yeah. the bad date. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's, 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 that's an interesting observation. That, that, that's really cool. Um, so the servant had brought over two cups of brilliant blue wine. Blue wine. Yeah. Is this fu- And is, this was the Are they serving fucking blueberry juice? Is that what the fuck's happening this right is, now? <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't mind trying some blueberry wine. Um now the now this is interesting. So he's a lech. The um 
So Adolin watches this servant leave. This is a female um, that's leaving. And it says here, he watched the woman's backside as she retreated. Shalon raised an eyebrow at him for when he did this. He didn't seem to like he thought anything was wrong about right. it. <clears throat> and he looks back at Shalon, leans in, says, I know you're supposed to swish the wine about and taste it and things, he says, but nobody has ever explained it to me what I'm looking for. And she says, well, bu- bugs floating in the liquid, perhaps? Nah, my, my new food taster would have spotted one of those. And then he looks over, <laughs> and there's a thin man yeah. who's not wearing a uniform, and he's hanging out with the bodyguards. And remember, the yes. bodyguards are bridge four men. Right, bridge right. four. We always have to remember, mm-hmm. it's not being said, but bridge four is always around, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Shalon was sipping her wine. It was good, sweet, a little bit spicy. Um... Not that she could spare much thought for the taste with that storm. She says, stop it, she told herself, smiling at Adolin. She needed to make sure that this meeting went well. Mm-hmm. Get him to talk about himself. That's what she remembered from advice in books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do I do this? Just <laughs> One of the books off the shelf in her, in her, in her uh, Rolodex. Yeah. Um, plateau run, Shalon says. How do you know when to begin one? Oh, we have spotters, he says. Men who stand atop the towers and... With these enormous spy glasses, they inspect every plateau we can reach in a reasonable time, watching for a chrysalis. I hear you've captured your share of those. Well, I probably shouldn't talk about it. Father doesn't want it to be a competition anymore. But surely you can talk about what happened before. Yeah. Very smart. Very, very smart. <clears throat> yeah. She's, yeah, she's leading him the whole way here. Yeah. Um, there was one run a few months ago back where I seized the chrysalis basically by myself you see, Father and I, we would usually jump the chasm first and clear the way for the bridges. Isn't that dangerous, Shalon? This is funny. Oh, no, it's not here. Uh, to, looking at with widened eyes. Um, yes, but we're shard bearers, he says. We have strength and power granted by the Almighty. It's a great responsibility, and it's our duty to use it for the protection of our men. We save hundreds of lives by going across first. Let's us lead the army firsthand. So brave, Shalon says, <laughs> in what she hoped was a, was a breathy, adoring voice. See, can, you, she's, uh, can you try to like replicate that breathy, adoring voice? Can you try to give it to us here? So brave. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. That's you know my what? best, that's my best attempt at my deep voice, yeah. Shalon. So brave. Yeah, you got my heart fluttering over here. <laughs> Am I causing a pitter pat? Yeah. That's funny. Um, okay, so she says, so brave, but I, I love that it's described that she was consciously making it like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's like entertaining. You know what I thought a little bit of here is, uh, again, uh, I don't know why Disney always coming back in my head. It's like entertaining uh, Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. It's like, oh, you're so brave. You yeah. Know? So uh, yeah. Uh, Shalana is uh, trying to be LeFou. <laughs> is that what she's... No, well, I think Shalon being Belle just like kind of like, well, actually, I guess Belle just outright completely dismissed Gaston. So yeah, maybe it is LeFou. Yeah. But, but LeFou is genuinely interested in Gaston. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, so it's a little different. And, and Shalon, Shalon, I think Shalon is too. Shalon is Is interested in in, Adeline. Yes, of course. He's amazing. I think she is. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Okay. So, well, uh, he says at being told that it's brave he says well it's the right thing to do but it is dangerous that day i leaped across but my father and i got pushed too far apart by the parshendi he was forced to jump back across 
and took a blow to his leg, which meant that when he landed, his greave, that's a piece of his armor on his leg, it cracked. That made it dangerous for him to jump back again. I was left alone while he waited for the bridge to lock down. Right. And she, and she says, what if you need to poop? And then he just continues this is telling when, the story. Yeah. He doesn't even yeah, realize... He, <laughs> He's like, well, if I put my, my, uh, my back on the chasm and laid about me with my sword intending to... Wait, what? What did you just say? Wait, what? <laughs> so I had to stop and I'm like, did she just say that? Yeah. Like, I, I was like flabbergasted, yeah. I guess is one of the words. I couldn't believe it. What if you need to poop? Well, I, I, if I put my back to the cat... Yeah, he goes on and on. Wait, what did you just ask? Yeah. Poop, she says. You're out there on the battlefield, encased in metal like a crab in its shell. What do you do if nature calls? Uh, er, that's not something that any woman has ever asked me before. Yeah. Yay for originality, she says. Yeah. Yasna would have been displeased. <laughs> right. His answer here. I like that. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I would like, to, I would love to keep his answer for the info dump yeah. because it seems pr- appropriate that it would be in the info dump because it's about poop. Oh. But we can talk about it now. We can talk about it the now. The info dump. Yeah. yeah it's okay. the only time when we're actually well, going to have a dump I, in the info dump, but we'll talk about it now. We won't save it. <laughs> well, actually, and this surprised me too. You know what actually I'm surprised at is that Brandon, Mr. Sanderson decided to give us the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, it, and it's not he, glorious. He, it's like kind of It's not. Gross. It's like, oh, and, that's the answer? Yeah. Okay. That's an answer. You know what this does? Okay, moving on. This is taking the archetypal <laughs> Prince Charming that Adeline is supposed to be and flipping it on its head. Having Prince yeah. Charming shit himself yeah. is amazing. Like that's that's how you take an archetype and flip it around. Well, it, it's 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 when the others get involved that have to wipe his bum bum bum. Yeah, which of course his bum servants. My, I, I wonder what their titles are. There's got to be some kind of poop related. T- uh, uh, the 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 high wiper of the, or the, <laughs> the high <laughs> the high, high storm wiper. wiper. <laughs> His lo- his uh, his royal his, ro- his royal wipiness <laughs> his, ro- his royal wipiness oh my god it's um, amazing it's like it's like the you know the, this guy looks over at wit and goes you have the fucking best job and I have the worst fucking job <laughs> that's so funny well at well Adeline says so well he says every battle has breaks in the flow and men rotate in and out of the front lines for every five minutes you're fighting. You often have almost as many resting. So when a shard bearer pulls back, men inspect his armor and for cracks and give him something to drink and help with what you just mentioned. It's not something that makes a good topic of conversation, Brightness. We don't really talk about it. But that's precisely what makes it a good topic of conversation. I can find out about wars and shard bearers and glorious killings in the official accounts. But the grimy details, though, nobody writes those down. Well, it does get grimy, Adeline says. <laughs> yeah. You can't, he says, you, you can't really, I, I can't believe I'm saying uh, this. You can't really wipe yourself in shard plates, so someone else has to do it for you. Makes me feel like an infant. Then sometimes you just don't have the time to, and? He inspects her, narrowing his eyes. What? She asks. Just trying to determine if you're secretly wit wearing a wig. This is something he would do to me. Yes, of course it was. <laughs> a per- you know what? It's <laughs> hilarious it that wit comes into this conversation during this yeah. part because it makes total sense. Right. I'm not doing this to you. I'm just curious, she says. Well, if you must know, an old adage on the battlefield teaches that it's better to be embarrassed than dead. 
You can't let anything draw your attention from fighting. So? So yes, I, Adeline Colon, cousin to the king, heir to the Colon princedom, have shot myself in the shard plate. Three times, all on purpose. He says, <laughs> you are a very strange woman. He downs Amazing. the rest of his wine. Amazing. I can't believe that, that yeah. this is a component to this. This is just So I, I take this and chart. I I think that Zale, <clears throat> the swordmaster, uh, yeah, the swordmaster should master, be yeah. teaching men who want to fight shard bearers this whole thing. Listen, when you look at a shard bearer, you see um divinity on the battlefield, you see these glorious gods made real when yep. really they shit themselves. And that should debase what people see them as right. and make it easier to fight them. Like, oh, these guys are, oh my God, they're gods who shit themselves. So they, they're more like well, us. Well, you have to, you have to teach, <laughs> like, like, like maybe Zale has a whole course on, okay, uh, okay, uh, we, we have to plan when we shat. Right. When, when you know, a like, shard bearer <laughs> makes this motion, you know, he's preoccupied. Hit him then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. this is just, uh, it's crazy. I, I think it's, 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 it's a little nutty. Yeah. Actually, I shouldn't have said nutty because uh, that's gross. That's so gross. <clears throat> yeah, we're way off here. Okay, so, uh, if I must remind you, Shalon says, you are the one who opened our conversation today with a joke about Sabariel's flatulence. Yeah, I guess I did at that. He says, it's not exactly going the way it's supposed to, is it? Mom, is that, is that a bad thing? Adeline says, or Adeline says, no, actually it's kind of refreshing. Do you know how many times I've told that story about saving the plateau run? I'm sure you were quite brave, she says. Quite, he says. Though probably not as brave as the poor men who have to clean your armor. Uh. He starts <laughs> laughing. He bellows out a laugh. And for the first time with Adeline, this laugh is completely genuine. Yeah. It wasn't scripted or expected. It was real. Yeah. They shared a real moment here. Yeah, it's really nice, eh? So that's really good. Yeah. And she's like, that's, wait, that's actually one of my, she thinks, wait, one of my did that just actually chapter. work? She's like, did that actually work? Yeah. Did, yeah. Right. She's supposed to be acting he, feminine and delicate and not asking right. them these kind of things, you know, and it actually worked. Poised. Earlier it said, act poised, act elegant, yeah. you know, keep yourself control. And, yeah. and then she says, how do you poop? <laughs> Where's the poop? Where's the poop? How, yeah. how do you, how does this work? Um, I like here now though, he's like his <clears> arm, <throat> like his bubble has been burst the fuck up and he's just like, okay, you know what? <laughs> if there's anything else you want to know, ask me now because my defense, yeah, you've laid me bare. There are tons of things. The stories in official story uh, histories don't mention. Is there, what else do you want to know? So he's just having she, a great time and he's willing to spill the beans. And you know what? He's willing. He tells her so much. He's not supposed to tell her in the next little bit. And so does she though. Yeah. Like this, yeah. this is a big reveal of both of them. Yes. Here. Yeah. Uh, she says, she says the chrysalis is what do they look like? And he's like, that's what you want to know? I thought you'd want to know more about the, the chafing. Shalon gets out her, uh, her satchel and is wanting to prepare a sketch here. And she says, from what I've been able to determine, nobody's done a solid study on the chasm fiends. There's some sketches of dead ones, but that's it. And the anatomy on those is dreadful. They must have an interesting life cycle. They haunt these chasms, but I doubt they actually live there. Right. There's not enough food to support those, uh, the creatures of their size. That means they come here as part of some migratory pattern. They come here to pupate. Have you ever seen a juvenile? 
before they form the chrysalis. Mm, this is all really, says, really no. interesting here because the Chasm <clears throat> Fiends have only just ever been these monsters and Shallan's right. breaking them down as biological entities and, and like what their life cycle is like, what all this other stuff, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's really, really interesting. Again, it's funny though how she's willing and able to be able to provide a different perspective on the Chasm Fiends. But not the Parshendi. And yet is Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's a little interesting. Um, he says it often happens at night when we encounter these chasm fiends and we don't spot them until morning. They're hard to see out there. They're colored like rock. That makes it sense. makes me think that the Parshendi must be watching us because we could end up fighting over the plateau so often. It might mean they spot us mobilizing and then they use that direction to go to judge where they find the chrysalis. We get a head start, but they move faster over the plains. Yeah. So we arrive at almost the same time. Right. <clears throat> Storms, that's really good, Shalon. When he looks at her sketch. Right. Thanks. No, I mean it. It's really good. I like how she's like She actually She's like, it wasn't actually yeah. very good. <laughs> right. So he's easily impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Again, she's like leading him the whole time, like, oh, it's so brave. Yeah. Oh, you think that's good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's like, Yeah, it's not <laughs> she's like it wasn't very good. She did it for speed, yet Adeline seemed genuinely impressed. <laughs> yeah. She but says we know the that she's texture got, of the. We know oh, she's yeah. got a really, really good talent for art. So even her shitty yeah. sketches are going to be better than most. Do you know what I mean? Right. And also, she's been taught by Yasna. She's right. going to be very critical. Right. Like the bar is set high. Right. Straight. Um, well, both of her teachers, both, uh, is it Tin? Yeah. yeah Tin and She, she brings and up Tin in a, little, in a little bit here. I know. I can't wait. Yeah. It's really cool. She says the shape and texture of the chrysalis could help, sorry, um, could help place the chasm fiends in a family of similar animals. Mm. And he says, it looks most like this one. G moving closer to her, pointing at one, of the uh, at one of the sketches. When I've touched one, they've been hard as rock. It's hard to dig into one without a shard blade. It can make, uh, it can take men with hammers forever to break into one. It's really, really cool. Hmm. And she says, are you sure? Yeah. That's how they look. Why? Well, that's the chrysalis of a Unerig, a great shell from the seas around Maribethia. The people there feed criminals to them, I'm told. Ouch, he says. Remember this? At, it it kind of, yeah. It kind of reminded me of, uh, at the moment when he feeds him to, I, I thought immediately of, of the Sarlacc. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but, um. Well, we've read, we've read, a, um, I, I, I think. I think I remember where we got this. We got this in a story Sigzil told to the crew about how people get tied up on the banks of, um, and they, remember they ch they can choose death on the, or it, hanging, and if they survive right. three days of hanging, then they can go free. But these right. these creatures, these water great shells, these unarig, they come, come out of the water. They, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we kind of know, know about this place and this practice yeah. already, which is really cool. Like I like that when that happens when a story gets told to us, and then a different character in a different moment refers to it again. Yeah. It makes it even seem more real. I just I really like right. That. Of course. Well, what's interesting is how much they share in their anatomy and right. and uh, and their behavior. Um, she says this might be a false positive or a coincidence. The Unarig are an aquatic species. The only time they come onto land is to pupate. Seems tenuous to assume a relationship to the chasm fiends. And he says, sure. Takes a sip of wine if you say so. That is probably important, Shalon says. For research, yeah, I know. Aunt Navani is always talking about things like that. 
This could be more of a practical import than that. About how many of these things total are killed by your armies and the Parshendi each month? And he says, uh, every three days or so, I'd guess, sometimes. <clears throat> About 15 or so a month. And she says, you see the problem? No, sorry, I'm kind of useless at anything that doesn't involve it's funny, someone getting stabbed. When I first started reading this, <laughs> I this series, I never thought of this either until Shalon brings it up. And how... Right. You know, systematic. You're calling them, yeah, systematically wiping them out. Yeah, right? so wiping them out. Yeah, they're I apex thought, predators, right? If, if you're constantly hunting, hunting, well, it's kind of like I, I don't think I know. Yeah, I can't speak intelligently about why the mastodon or the uh, mammoths and smilodons all disappeared um, in in our right, in Earth history, but I think it had something to do with. You know, just you're killing them too often. Like our ancestors killed the Macedon Ice Age just had too much. Something to do with it, I think, as well. Right? <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, again, the apex predators. Like, if if there's nothing left for them to eat, they can't survive. Right. And then if you're hunting the apex predators, well, then they're they're going to dwindle, right? Because and they just, in they this just case, can't reproduce. they're they're <clears throat> stopping any new ones from growing. They're killing right. them out of their out of their uh, chrysalis, so they're not able right. to have any new ones grow. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, so he, so he's not really, it's funny how he's never really thought about this before. Yeah. Um, so 15 or so he's, and then he says, no, sorry, I, I, I don't, I'm kind of useless at anything that doesn't involve someone getting stabbed, which I thought was funny. And she says, nonsense. You, you've got, um, you've proved skill at choosing wine. He says, yeah, I did that basically at random and it tastes delicious. She says, yeah. empirical proof of your methodology. Now you probably don't see the problem because you don't have... Uh, the the proper facts. She says, great shells generally are slow to breed and slow to grow. This is because most ecosystems can only support a small population of ape predators, of ape of apex predators of this size. I've heard and, some of those words The next before. line. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that, wasn't that a great line? Yeah. The next line. Yeah. I've heard some of those words before. That's just Adeline's like Adeline's like the jock <clears throat> that knows like football and he like he's really smart when it comes to plays and like Dude. sports. Like he's smart with certain things, but he's all like, I, yeah. I haven't heard any of those words before. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. Um, she looks at him. He'd gotten closer to her, looking at her drawing. He wore a faint cologne, a brisk woody scent. Oh, oh my! my. She. <laughs> Oh my. So I was thinking of my ugly mugs where I used to go through all of my scents, but I'm kind of curious about what is the deal with wanting to smell like wood? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't help but like, I, I do have a few, in fact, with, uh, with me trying desperately to grow chin whiskers, which I can't really do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to, as you have a full beard. Full beard. And you were, and you were, you know, sporting products to take care of it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat to buy these little... Yeah. waxes and things and so so I, I i ended up buying one and it does it smells like wood and i'm like do do people really like this where we smell like wood yeah people like, like it <laughs> i guess so makes me uh, smell like a lumberjack and that's sexy as fuck <clears throat> well i'm a lumberjack and i'm okay i'm a lumberjack and i don't care <laughs> yeah i like this part when he's like i'm not as dense as i feign like he's right he's smart and he's pretending to be a little dumber than he yeah. really is to kind of give her some leeway to talk maybe but he's like i see what you're saying yeah you really think we could kill enough of them that it could be a problem i mean people have been doing great shell hunts for generations and the beasts are still around 
Yeah, but you're not hunting them here, Adolin. You're, you're harvesting them. You're systematically destroying their juvenile population. Have fewer of them been, been pupating lately? He says, yeah, we think it might be the season. It might be, or it might be that after over five years of harvesting, the population is starting to dwindle. Animals like the chasm fiends don't normally have predators. Suddenly losing a 150 or more of their numbers a year could be catastrophic to their population. He starts to frown. He says, the gem hearts we get feed the people of the war camps. Without a constant flow of the, of the new stones of reasonable size, the soul casters will eventually crack the ones we have and we won't be able to support the armies here. He says, I'm not telling you to stop your hunts, Shalon says. What do, what do you think of this? This is a, an interesting it's, uh, ethical... It's like a, <clears throat> it's a self-generating war, right? Like they uh-huh. only can be here as long as they get gem hearts. And they're only here to get the gem right. hearts because as long as they're here, they're getting gem hearts. And it's just this right. like vicious cycle of dependency upon harvesting these chrysalis to get the gem hearts to continue being here to, con- to keep doing right. it. So like, it's just it's kind of silly, to be honest. You know, it, it's weird. I mean, uh, so my question would be is if the chasm fiends were no more, if the chrysalises were gone, would this war persist? They, well, there'd, there'd be no reason for the Alethi to stay, but there'd be, there'd be no wealth. Right. Right. So it, it almost has, so then presumably the war really at its nature has nothing to do with the Parshendi? With well, the we, we've sort of kind of already discovered that, right? That's why Dalinar right. wants to turn it, just change it from a, a, a <clears throat> game and a competition to an actual mm-hmm. war. Right. Forget about the gem yeah. hearts. We're here to kill Parshendi, right? Mm. For this revenge, right. uh, yeah. Hopefully, well, hopefully the peace thing is going to be, yeah. Uh, um, ho- hopefully that can be attained. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying, Shalon says, is is that it's worth thinking about and studying. What would it be like if you could start? raising chasm fiends and growing them into juveniles to to into batches that men raise like men raise chulls instead of hunting three a week what if you could breed and harvest hundreds he says well that would be useful what would you need in order to make it happen well i wasn't saying i mean i need to get out onto the shattered plains she says if i'm going to try to figure out how to breed them i'd need to see one of those chrysalises before it's been cut Preferably, I get to see an adult chasm fiend, and ideally, I'd like a captured juvenile to study. Just a small list of impossibilities, he yeah. says. I like well, this. You she, did turns, she turned this conversation into a way for her to get out there. She needs to get out there, and she's now yeah. turning. She's using, well, maybe we could breed the, the chasm fiends. If mm-hmm. I get out there, there I don't, Shalon has never once shown any ability to be able to know how to breed, to breed any kind of animal. Anything. Right. Anything. But she's turned this conversation <laughs> into a way for her to get out of the Shattered Plains. Get out on the Shattered Plains. You know what? Breeding uh, chasm fiends, the safety of their uh, of the of this um, animal's existence is important, right. but nowhere near as right. important as Urathiru, Voidbringers, and her mission, right? You know what she's done? She has gone to the heart of of the war. The war is about money. Yeah. If you can breed these things on your own, you'll be Rich. the richest, like in your wildest dreams. Right. So really the goal should not be to fight for these chrysalises. It should be to capture and start you like dominating these animals for yourself. Breeding them like chulls, like they do for chulls. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So it's rather ingenious that she uses that because any, anyone who participates in the war, any one of the would, high princes would, would be in, 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 interested in this. Would, oh, absolutely. Right. If Sadius were to were to get control of this situation, that yeah. would be a a big sell for him to leave for the sure. war. For sure, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. So it's really, um, it's really, okay, so, really smarter her for sure. <clears throat> it is. Uh, I might be able to get you on the planes, Adolin says. Father promised that he'd show Yasna a dead chasm fiend, so I think he was planning to take her out there on a hunt. Seeing a chrysalis, though, those rarely appear close to camp. I'd have to take you dangerously close to the Parshendi territory. I'm sure that you can protect me. What? Shalon asks. Uh, or he, he, he looked at her, and she says, what? I'm waiting for a wisecrack. I was serious. With you there, I'm certain the Parshendi wouldn't dare get close. Adolin smiles. I mean, she says, the stench alone. <laughs> so she's referring to uh, his yeah. poopy pants. Yeah. Um, I suspect I'm never going to live that one down telling you that. She says, never. You were honest, detailed, and engaging. And those aren't the things that I let myself forget about a man. I really like that line. Yeah, me too. That's really good. Yeah. She she won't um, let her ever let him live it down. She's always going to tease him about the poop. But the yeah, fact that the poopy he told pants. her has endeared him towards her. She's like, this man's serious. He, he, he let himself seem weak in front of me. That's really cool. The next line though, his smile broadened storms, those eyes like she's smitten. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, like careful. Eight. Yeah. Careful. Shalanto, careful. Capsule took you in. Don't repeat that. Yeah. I feel bad. That's, that's one of those moments that makes me feel bad for. Her. I'll see what I can do. Adeline says the Parshendi might not be an issue in the near future. Really? Well, it's, again, he's telling her so much. Yeah. I can't believe he told her this. It's not widely known, though. We've told the high prince, the high prince's father is going to be meeting with some of the Parshendi leaders tomorrow. Right. And it could end, it could end up starting a peace negotiation. And she says, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Adeline says, uh, I'm not hopeful. The assassin, anyway, we'll see... What happens tomorrow, though I'll have to do this between he, the other this work. This is the Father only time here that he stops himself from continuing to say something. He says, the assassin, I'm not hopeful. Yeah. The assassin. And then he Ellipsis, pauses. I know. And he's like, well, anyways, yeah. we'll see what happens tomorrow. He like, he almost tells her about the assassin too, but doesn't. I know. Yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's crazy. Like he, well, I get, she has disarmed him. I, yes. Like, he, 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 he brought a shard blade and she's taken it away from him. Right. You know, like his, his, his defenses are down. Right. She's, she's got him. Yep. And, and what's more is she did it with poop. She did it with poop. Yeah. <laughs> because, okay. You, you know, you know what we're not getting here in this chapter, which I, which I kind of, in some ways might've liked is we're not getting how Adolin views her and her beauty. If, if, the, if he had split up the chapter between POVs, then we would have been able to know what yeah. he thinks about her. But I think it's pretty yeah. clear what he thinks about her. Without even needing to be in his well, POV, he's disarmed by her, but I think that he's also doing the same to her because a little later on, she starts telling about the Voidbringers and the, you know, can we, do you think we can get the Parshendi out of here like, or the Parshman out of, out of camps? Like she starts to devolve too much too. And I think mm -hmm. he would be saying, oh my God, her eyes. Look at her beautiful hair. No, I gotta, I, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've let all my other dates, all my other betrothals go to the wayside. I really got to focus here. I right. gotta, you know what I mean? So I think you could probably assume that it's very similar to the other side. You know what I was just thinking is that, uh, perhaps on his side of things, he's Adolin Colon. He 
he has had plenty of beauty around him. Right. Right? So he's kind of looking for something else. Right. And even though Shalon may be beautiful and may match uh, some of it, or even outmatch her, I guess, uh, yeah. some of his other, his other dates and, and, uh, and, and loved ones, um, it's the fact that she's now showing him how smart she is. I mean, she's innovative, mm-hmm. coming up with this chasm fiend thing. Yeah. She's asking him questions that are unusual, so she's challenging him in that area. Yep. And then she produces some art that he's like, wow, that's, that's really amazing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, she, uh, she, she says, about, um, about the duels. The duels, what's going on there, Adolin? Well, whatever is going on in the, in the camps now, he's, um, she says, Yasna didn't know about it. I feel woefully ignorant about politics here, Adolin. Your father and High Prince Sadius had a falling out, I've gathered. The king has changed the nature of these plateau runs, and everyone is talking about how you're dueling now. From what I've been able to gather, you never stopped dueling. Ah, but it's different, he says. Now I'm dueling to win. Yeah. And you didn't before? Well, no. Then I dueled to punish. <laughs> it began when my father started seeing visions. Okay. So, we had a conversation uh-huh. a while ago about whether or not Dalinar was going to find out about Kaladin's powers before Kaladin found out about Dalinar's visions. And screw that right. whole talk. Shalon finds out about Dalinar's Bef- visions before Kaladin. Before Kaladin. She's beating him to the punch every time, dude. She keeps, she's, she learned, uh, she, you know, sh- she's just new. We know that she's not new to this, yeah. but she's new yeah. to her, to all this Stormlight stuff. And she's catching up to what he, it's taken right. him, you know, a year and whatever to, to do. She's been doing it in a very short amount of time. So also she knows about the king and his dark secret before Kaladin even knows about it. It's so crazy. Right. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Um, Aelin, again, unloads here. He pours out what says here, he poured out a surprising story. Right. One with far greater detail than she had anticipated. A story of betrayal and of hope. Visions of the past. A unified Alethkar prepared to weather a coming storm, and she didn't know what to make of it all. She'd heard of Dalinar's fits. When, Al- when Adolin mentioned that his father wanted the knight's radiance to return, Shalon felt a chill. Yeah. She glanced about for pattern. He'd been close, but she couldn't find him. The story, sorry, the meat of the story from what Adolin was telling her was that it was about the betrayal of Sadius, mm-hmm. that they were abandoned on the plains and surrounded by enemies. And Adolin seemed embarrassed when he spoke of the salvation by a lowly bridge crew. Here it comes, dude. You know, we've talked a little bit about why <coughs> Adeline has been treating Kaladin and the bridge crews the way he has. And she's got it pegged. He's embarrassed that he had to be saved in right. that battle. And it's not that yeah. he hates Kaladin or dis, you know, dislikes the bridge crews or these bodyguards that are around. He doesn't dislike them. He's embarrassed that he ever needed yeah. them to begin with. And he needs to forgive himself. You know, Adeline needs to, he really does because, because I mean, that was a masterful stroke played by, or I should say move played by Sadius. I mean, Aelin should have, should be looking at the battle and going, this is unwinnable. We need, we need a savior. We can't get out of this. Right. 
And it just happened to come from Bridge Four. I need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero in the middle of the night. Um, I I just think I just think of Kaladin like leaping across. Me too, that's just, dude. That's my favorite. Me too. Slow motion. <sighs> Love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and then she she thinks, uh, wow, he's actually confiding in me. Right. And she starts to, she starts feeling a thrill about this, but not a capital T though. Not very a capital T. Yeah, no. that, that's a very yeah. different t- t- uh, thrill. No capital. Mm. They barely knew one another, but speaking of it seemed to lift a weight from Adeline's back. He grew more relaxed. This is part of his weight, his bridge. Right. Is feeling this embarrassment. Good job. And now that he's told her, mm. like, you know. Maybe he like, can start it, letting it, it, it go. He can start letting. So she's relieving him. I he, love he it. He might not have, dude, he might not have talked to anybody about it. I doubt it. You know what I mean? Uh, we maybe don't have any Renarin? evidence of that. Maybe Renarin, but uh, he probably yeah, hasn't, maybe. hasn't really expressed his feelings about any of this stuff to anybody, but he's telling a virtual stranger, and and I like that. He's actually confiding in me. I, I think, think this is what makes her start to confide into him with the whole Voidbringer stuff. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, he lays himself bare here. Um because she knows about Adolin the Duelist, Adolin the Proud, yeah. Adolin the man who's, who conquers the Chasm Fiends. Right. You know, you're the Blackthorn's son. I mean, how much more of a popular, royal, important person can you get? Mm-hmm. Um, and here he is telling her not only about that he shits himself yeah. <laughs> on the battlefield, but also that he is embarrassed by this this uh, salvation that, was, uh, uh, that happened uh, from a lowly bridge crew, as, yeah. as it said. He says, I guess that's the end of it. I'm supposed to win shard blades off the others, taking away, taking away their bite, embarrassing them. But I don't know if it will work. Well, why not? Yeah, but the ones who agree to duel me, they're not important enough. If I win too much from them, the real targets, the high princes, they'll get scared of me and they won't duel me. I need matches that are more high profile. No, he says, what I need is to duel Sadius pound that grinning face of his into the stones and take back my father's blade he's too oily though he'll never we'll never get him to agree yeah so she found so she's listening to this and she says she finds herself melting at the intense concern in his eyes the passion and then she says remember capsule right can't let your can't let your guard down not yet bother she says i've I've left you upset i'm Sorry, I'm not very good at this wooing thing. He says, you could have fooled me. And then he, he says, and, and he's he, smiling and he touches her arm. Yeah. Right. A little bit of flirting. Shalot, a little bit of flirting. You, she says, need to know what your cousin was working on before she died. Yeah, here it is, dude. Another volume in her father's biography? No. Adolin, um, Yasna thought that the Voidbringers were going to return. What? She didn't even believe in the Almighty. Why, why would she believe in the Voidbringers? She had evidence, Shalon says. A lot of that sank in the ocean, I'm afraid, but I do have some of her notes. And Adolin, how hard do you think it would be to convince the High Princes to get rid of their parchment? She just goes right for it. Yeah. Like, I she can't just, believe that she confessed all this yep. so soon. Yeah, but I think it's like, it's almost like, um, contagious is the word I want to use where he's telling his truths, yes. bearing his soul. Yeah. So she's laying she, herself bare. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's contagious. You know, yeah. like, oh, he trusts mm-hmm. me. I can trust him. Even though she doesn't right. really know she can trust him, but 
Right. We know as the reader that they absolutely can trust each other. And, and it's great for us to see that they do tell each other stuff because someone, they both need someone to talk to about this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's awesome. It would just be really nice if Kaladin could talk about shit too. Come on, Cal. I know. I know. I know. I know. Open up already. Yeah. Um, get rid of what? Well, how hard would it be to make everyone stop using parchment as slaves? She says to give them away or she didn't want to start a genocide here. Did she? but these were the Voidbringers, or set them free. Get them out of the war camps. How difficult would it be, Edlin says? Off the cuff, it's, I'd say it's impossible. That or really impossible. Why would we even want to do something like that? Yasna thought they might be related to the Voidbringers and their return. Edlin shakes his head. Shalon, we can barely get the High Princes to fight this war properly. If my father or the king were to require everyone to get rid of their parchman... He says it would break the kingdom into in, in, in a heartbeat. This is a really good point so, from Adeline. They c- legit can't even make these guys fight the war, the real war. Imagine trying yeah. to force them to do something even more ridiculous, like getting rid yeah. of all their servants, all their all free their servants. servants. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you have a, if you have a servant, you have to pay the servant. Yeah. They're in your employ, well, but unless they're unless a slave, they're a yeah. slave. Mm-hmm. but even then most yeah. people I think do pay their slaves, uh, like a pittance to be able to, so that they live yeah. in, in this world anyways, mm-hmm. but Parshman, mm-hmm. they do it for free. They're never going to give away yeah. free labor. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So Yasna was right on that count as well. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, Shalon says, um, Shalon was interested to see how violently Adolin himself opposed the idea. Time to pull back, she says, in her mind. She says, it was something Yasna said, but really, I'd, I'd rather that bright uh, Lady Navani judge how important a suggestion it was. She would know her daughter, her notes better than anyone. So go to her, he says. I've tried. She's not been very accommodating. Aunt Navani can be overbearing sometimes. It's not that, she says. She doesn't want to meet with me. She seems, she barely seems to want to acknowledge I exist. Adolin sighs and says, she doesn't want to believe. About Yasna, I mean. You represent something to her, the truth, in a way. Give her time. She needs to grieve. I really like this. Mm-hmm. That, that perhaps to Navani. Now, the suspicious <laughs> first-time reader in me is like, well, is it really that Navani doesn't trust Shalon because um, of the truth that she brings, the horrible news about Yasna? Mm-hmm. It could be that. Or is ya like Navani strikes me as a woman that could also be similar to Shalon. She steps ahead. Right. Right. Maybe she knows something about Shalon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, and I, and I really don't think there's been a lot of, you know, tea leaves dropped that way or breadcrumbs right. dropped to. It's bring funny me to that, that you, I'm you just suspicious used to ascribe <clears throat> Yasna knowing the whole plot in the first book and, uh, you know, Shalon's yeah. never going to get one on over on Yasna. And then now you're like, oh, Yasna's mom probably knows something's going on. You're never going to get one on over on, on Navani. So I'm just saying maybe you're, <laughs> I've transferred maybe my, you're transferring in it the over. Absence, yeah, yeah. In my absence of Yasna, yeah. now I'm, now I'm putting my faith in Navani. Well, I still maintain my concern about Navani. Oh, for sure. I know over, over certain things that were mentioned before, especially in the way of Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I have a little, little moment here that I want to kind of point out. Um, hmm. she doesn't want to believe, uh, this is Adeline saying, she doesn't want to believe about Yasna. I mean, you represent I something to her 
the truth. The tr- the truth. I know. Right. And that's, we know that's the thing. That, that Shalon does not represent the truth. She represents lies. She lies well, to herself. She she, she represents. She okay. she, she lies with. She's with using illusions. lies. Yeah, I'm just saying that it's very funny that Adeline says that that she represents the truth mm-hmm. when in right. another when, way she actually represents lies. Right. She. You're right. You're right. You're. Right. I, I'm just defending. Well, I shouldn't really defend Shalon necessarily, but coming to her defense, I would say she's using lies to try to get to the truth. Right. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that the Shalon's so, being untruthful other than saying right, her uncle is right. the, the Sparrow's uh, <laughs> her uncle. I, she, she's pretty much been truthful here this whole time. Um, yeah. But in a very sly way, she is like the epitome of lies and she uses lies yeah. to her benefit. And it's funny that Adeline says that you're the epitome of truth to Navani. So it's just very, ha- very funny. Like, I, I like it. I have a connecting moment here as well with that for, with that line from Adolin, um, in that I sh- if that's true about Navani, I share that with her. Right. You know, not being able to accept. Well, how right. is it said? Not being able to accept that she's gone. Yeah. Right. I, I of course I still feel the same way. Yep. Um, yeah. You and Navani are, are buds. You guys have the same. Uh, yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Um, I'm not certain if this is something that should wait. Adolin says. Or sorry, Adeline. She says to Adeline, yeah. I'll talk to her. He says, how about that? She says, wonderful. Much like you yourself. Oh, calling him wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wow. He says, it's nothing. I mean, if we're going to be, if we're, no, if we're going to halfway, almost kind of maybe get married, we should probably do out, we should probably look out for one another's interests. Mm-hmm. He pauses. Don't mention that parchment thing to anyone else though. That's not something that will go over well. Yeah, which is very smart of him to, to, to remind her because, you know, it's kind of crazy talk, <laughs> you know, and we know crazy. that it might the not next... necessarily be crazy talk, but it, you don't right. want to do that. But that's my point. We don't know. We don't know anything for cr- concrete yet. Yeah. Um, she was going to kiss those lips of his someday, she says, staring at him. Yeah. Or not, she, she thinks staring at him. Mm. And then she says, and Ash's eyes, he had a very friendly way about him. So she, again, she's just, she's. She's smitten. See, she uses the um, uh, the Herald's moniker Ash from Shalash, Ash's the eyes, uh, Herald yeah. of Beauty, um, uh, again to remark about someone being beautiful. She, she's done this a few times already, so um, just a mm-hmm. little, little pre-info dump. People begin to stir on the patio, but she ignores them. She begins to stand up, looking eastward. The high storm. This is so, so, this is so awesome. The high storm is here. She looks out toward the origin of storms. Down below the outer market had already had already been packed up, already folded away. Again, the you know the outer market. I'm assuming dark eyes might operate some or most of that, and they're already put away. They're they're not sipping wine on a terrace. No, right. The entirety of the war camps braced itself, and then she heard the grinding across the stone for the parchment on this on this terrace that they're on. The parchment had begun pulling away the tables and chairs. Uh, stowing them to both uh, to both protect them and make a path for the light eyes to retreat to safety. Mm-hmm. I found that to be an interesting little thing because I wonder if she's wrong about the parchment and just this little example of them putting away the tables and chairs. They're actually trying to help. Well, they've been told to do that. Remember? I know. I'm just saying. I know, but I'm just Listeners saying. Listeners in doll form being given. A um, a directive will follow it, right? 
So they've been. But told, we also know that some of them can be in doll form and in many forms, right? Yeah, like, some of them. Some been... of them could be in, um, like, uh, as a spy. Right. We 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 haven't had right. any, and, any and examples spy, of that, but we there could be one one there there could be some as spies. So, so here's the real thing. So if it could a spy or someone being either multiple forms, could they direct the parchment? Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. It depends. I, I don't know. That's actually a good question. Um, if you have a group of Parshendi that have been told one thing by, let's say, Elida's master, and then one uh-huh. of that group is a spy right. who has more intelligence, a listener, right. and tells them to do something else, I wonder if it can override that directive from the Eyes. That's a really good question. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, um, the, the horizon had bled from light to dark like a man flushing with anger like that a lot. Yeah. Um, watching the entire world transform. This is where we get it. Yeah. Uh, the, the title of the chapter, Shalon gripping the railing. The vines withdrew, the rock buds closed, the grass hid in its holes. They knew somehow. They all knew. And the air grew chill and wet as the storm comes. Um, the war camp said piled refuse uh, and waste to be blown away. And she's like, wow, that's that's not how um, it's done back in Yaakov. Yeah, that's weird, eh? Um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about that on the info dump. Forbidden practice because uh, there was no town next to them. So they, they their waste could be just blown away. Yeah. There's windspren. We got spren here. Windspren are zipping around uh, in tiny rivers of light overhead. And then she sees the storm wall. Yeah. And she looks at it, and I love this uh, way this is described, revealing movement and shadows within it. Like the skeleton of a hand, when light illuminated the flesh, there was something inside of this wall of destruction. It's really cool, eh? Isn't that great? We've had so many different descriptions about the storm wall and the high storm coming you know we've got we yeah. had one from Kaladin when he was out in it we had one from Eshenai when she was out in it and we're getting one from Shalon yeah. now when she's out in it and it's mm. so great to see these different perspectives I say that with quotes these different perspectives of this <laughs> thing right it's it's really really cool I love it uh, we should go Adolin says but she barely heard him Life, she thinks, something lived inside of that storm. Shalon, Adolin says, beginning to tow her towards the protected room. She grabbed the railing with her free hand remaining in place, clutching her satchel to her chest with her safe hand. That humming that she was hearing, that was Pattern. Yeah, we remember we, during high storms, Pattern always has this humming that he does, right? Yeah. Um, she'd never been so close to a high storm, even when she'd been only inches away from one, separated by a window shutter. She had not been as close as she was now. Watching the darkness descend upon the war camps, she thinks, I need to draw. Shalon, Adolin says, pulling her away, they'll close the doors if we don't go now. With the start, she realized that everyone else had left the balcony. It was just her and Adolin. Mm-hmm. This is really cool, eh? This is really cool. So he... They reach the room, so he has to like pretty much pry her away. Yeah, and and bring her into the empty patio, uh, or from the empty patio. You, you they reach the room at the side. You texted oh, me. Go ahead. You texted me uh, as soon as you were done uh, covering this chapter. Six seconds. Wow, Sick. dude. Yeah, I like this so, part right here so, where she she comes it, in and she counts to yeah. see how long she could have been there out in the storm before it was too right. late. 
Right. Fucking crazy, dude. Remember how you were, you know, you know what I was thinking here? Remember how you remarked so much how you liked in uh, The Witcher when, um, oh my gosh, why is her name escaping me? When she says, I want it all. Yeah, Yennefer. Right? Yennefer Vingerberg. So, I want everything. I want everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's what, in, in a way, that's what that six seconds rec- uh, is, it represents. Mm-hmm. I want it all. I wanted those six seconds right. more. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, so Aidlin's like, what? His voice was hushed and others, it took six seconds after the servants closed the doors until the storm hit. We could have spent that much longer out there. When, when you first realized what we were doing on that balcony, you seemed terrified. She says, I was. And now you wished you'd stayed out until the last moment before the storm hits? She's like, I, yeah. I have no idea what to make of you, Adeline says. You're not like anyone I've ever met. It's my air of feminine mystique. He raises his eyebrow. It's a term that we use when we're feeling particularly erratic. It's considered polite not to point out that you know this. Now, do we just wait in here? In this box of a room, Adeline says. We're light eyes, not livestock. Two sitting rooms, one for men and the other for women. So this is cool. I like that little exchange for feminine mystique. Yeah. I might have even, might have even, uh, could have had that be the alternate title um, for this chapter. It might have gone really well um, with the last chapter, which was called the uh, Feminine Wiles. Yeah, yeah, so, the Feminine or, Wiles. Well, the Feminine Wiles. Yeah, I thought that was aptly named. I, I didn't. Uh, or not the last one, but the second I mean, one before I'm, that. Right. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, do like. I mean, this one is the world transform is really really cool. Well, and also, you know. Again, you know what? It's weird. It's like watching the world transform. It's also like watching these two transform too. Yeah, it's true. It's in, very in, much in, true. in opening up, yeah. right? Their world so, has transformed in, in, in having this date because they've trusted each other. They've, yes. Yeah. Right. They've opened up. Yeah. Um, and also it's funny, like she's, I found like she's experiencing the storm wall. And like I said earlier, it's almost like the storm wall could also be Adolin. Like she's disarmed by him, right? right? Like he's this. <laughs> she wants to spend an extra six seconds with him. Yeah, right. right. I want. I want to spend that six seconds with you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, he says, "I'll see about getting you out on the shattered plains." Amaram wants to explore more. Mm. Oh boy! When I first read this, I thought, "Ugh." Yeah. Amaram wants to uh, explore more. He said that he uh, gets to during a plateau run. Or sorry, then he gets to uh, during a plateau. I think he and father are having dinner to talk about it tomorrow night. And I can ask them if I can bring you. I'll also talk to Aunt Navani. Maybe we can discuss what I've come up with at the feast next week. There's a feast next week? There's always a feast next week, Helen says. We just have to figure out who's throwing it. I'll send it to you. She smiles, and then they get separated. Yeah, she says. Next she week thinks, is. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, next week is not soon enough. She thought I'll have to find a way to drop in on him when he's not too awkward, or when it's not too awkward. Right. Isn't that great? She can't wait. Yeah, yeah, and 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 she knows but, that two a week is too long for them not to see each yeah. other because right. she wants to keep his interest, and also sure she also wants to spend more time with him. Sure. Um. 
Had she really promised to help him breed chasm fiends? Yeah. She's thinking, like, this is after they're separated. And here is, right, we, we get, like, a big tell on that, right? Mm-hmm. She's got no clue about it. She doesn't know like, how to do that. My God. As if she um, something, needed something else to take her time. Like, she she right. seems to be thinking that maybe she could, but we she doesn't have any experience with that. She She felt that if her teachers had been watching, both would have been disappointed at her conversation yeah. with Adolin. Tin would have wanted her to manipulate the prince more, and Yasna would have wanted Shalon to be more poised, more in control of her tongue. It seemed that Adolin liked her anyway, and that made her want to cheer. She turns back towards... Sorry, some turn their backs towards Shalon when she's entering this room filled up with these other women. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked up and down at her skeptically... Courting the king's most eligible bachelor was not going to make her popular. But that didn't bother Shalon. She didn't need acceptance from these women. She just needed to find Urathiru and the secrets it contained. Mm -hmm. Gaining Adolin's trust was a big step in that direction. She decided to reward herself by stuffing her face with sweets and thinking further on her plan to sneak into Bright Lord Amaram's house. Right. Because remember, that's her job from the Ghostbloods is to sneak into his house. Right. And find out any information that he has on, on anything. Which right? is an awesome way to end that chapter because, right. yeah, I would like you to sneak into Amram's house and then dispose of him quickly. I, that's actually has to do with what my, <laughs> I'm not hi- a fan. What my highlight is. My highlight is yeah. that of yeah. all the information Adeline told Shalon in this chapter, yeah. of all the secrets he revealed, the one yeah. thing that we don't even really realize and he doesn't realize is important is that... She, he says mm. to her, I think he, Amram, and father are Amram. having dinner to talk about it right. tomorrow night. Right. So. That's a big reveal yeah. to her. So she's like. Because that hmm, means. He's going to be he busy. Won't be, He'll be busy tomorrow right. night. Yeah. Busy Miss Lizzie. <laughs> so yeah. What did so, you think? Yeah, what's, I, uh, I, what's your highlight for this chapter? Well, I mean, okay. I mean. It's not the poop. It's not the poop? It's not the poop, no. Um, it, it could be the six seconds. Um, it, and, that's, or that's it could awesome. be that... It could be the six seconds, but it also could be... Um, and I think I'll just, I'll just go with this. It's the disarming of these two characters. Right. Watching the worlds transform, these two characters had a slight transformation, or at the very least, an affectation shared between the two that... Um, I don't know. Perhaps I might list that relief from Adolin's shoulders. Yeah, that's really cool and too. That, and that, and that she was able to lift that bridge. And at the, at the very least, starting to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I cool. like that a lot. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so great we, chapter. Yeah. It's good. It's an awesome chapter. We actually have mm. quite a, uh, little bit of uh, info dump here. We have covered some of it, so let me just kind of quickly covered go through some it. of it or most of it. When yeah. a shard bearer has to go number one or number two, he pulls back and has people to inspect his armor, give him drink, eat, and then he's got a crew of people to help him go to the bathroom, which is crazy. Uh, um, Chasm fiends. Uh, we got a lot of actual uh, information about Chasm fiends in this episode. Uh, this episode in this chapter because it's kind of laid out for us. Um, they pupate at night. 
the shattered planes don't actually have enough food to support them. So they must be coming in from somewhere else to pupate at the shattered planes, which is very, mm-hmm. very interesting. So where are they coming from? Uh, Shalon doubts that they actually live there, right? Their chrysalis look like unarried chrysalis, chrysalis, which are great shells in Maribithia, but they're aquatic. Mm. So maybe mm-hmm. these chasm mm-hmm. fiends that are pupating at the shattered planes are also aquatic and they're only coming to the planes to pupate. We don't really know. Um, I, uh, um, I kind of like that there might be a connection between these two things, but, um, if we look at a map in, uh, like a, a an actual, uh, stormlight archive Roshar map, the, uh, the um, shattered planes are way too inland for it to be an easy right. place for them to pupate if they're aquatic based, right? They would have to traverse mm-hmm. like thousands of miles of ground just to pupate. Mm-hmm. So it, that doesn't necessarily make sense. Like she said, it might be an unimportant coincidence that these two chrysalis are the same, but it could be that they come from maybe the same root a beast way back in the day and that one right. has continued being aquatic and the other one uh, came onto land and started becoming a land-based uh, a version of that. So that's, that's really interesting scholarly to think about. Um, the other thing I have here is garbage and the high storms. The Alethi mm. here in the war camps, they pile up their garbage and they let the high storm throw it away. It, yeah. Oh, blow it away. How yeah. crazy is that? That is so environmentally horrible. Like maybe they don't really give a shit because the, literally their oh, ecosystem is Oh, there's no town already, next door to us. Yeah, yeah. But we'll just blow it away somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they can make their, uh, their weather and environment worse by, <laughs> by not right. being more environmentally friendly. The environment already is trying to kill them. So who gives a fuck? Right. I guess like, well, could, well, couldn't they like, you know, what, what I wanted to know about, about the waste part of it is couldn't they soul cast it into something useful? They probably could actually, but maybe m- most don't have the gemstones to waste Uh, on waste on waste you know because it takes a gemstone to use the soul caster to do that so it might not be uh something very important to do um but yeah uh that is the episode um we Mm. last episode we talked about potentially reading the list of patron supporters every episode the full list what do you think about that should we continue doing this is this something that uh, a new routine that we should do I love it. Okay, well, let's do it. Let's we'll go through the um, the list again. We will go from oldest to newest patrons this time. Last time we went from one oh. to the other. So we'll start with our good friend, our best friend, Craftmaster Mike. <laughs> if you have received in the mail a yep. care package from us, it has been put together. It has been 3D printed. It has been uh, stuck together by our, our buddy Craftmaster Mike. Um, my, we, we, you know, I went to high school with this guy. Jack and I and Mike all come from the same hometown. He just had a birthday. Yeah. He just had a birthday. So happy birthday to Matt Craftmaster, Mike. Thank you very much for everything you do for us, buddy. Happy birthday, Mike. Um, Next on the list is Linda, Jack's wife. We love you, Linda. Thank you very much Mm. for your support. All your advice on Mm -hmm. on what to do with the pod has always been uh, uh, greatly appreciated, and we love you. Clearly, Jack loves you more than I do, but only by a little bit. Thanks, honey. Only by a very tiny bit. Thanks, honey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Next is Chris Papino. No, 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 no. No, Thanks, Chris, for everything. Uh, Don Chalice, Joel Hayes, our good buddy from Colorado, uh, Bruce Rogers, Ari Zoo, my mom, 
Sue Beauregard. <laughs> Thank thanks, you Mom. very much for my, uh, <laughs> thanks for everything, Mom. Uh, Robert Goebel, Jake DeFeo, John M. Werewolf Will. If you are on the Discord and you want to be involved in Movie Club, just look up uh, what's going on with the uh, Werewolf Will. Werewolf. Movie Club. Yeah. Sorry, it, I, sorry, I fell off the planet. I must have found the the flat Earth there. Pro- sorry, guys. We promise that we will be involved and... in it soon. We got a lot of stuff going yep. on, but I, we got Daniel Whitten, Alex Defour, Joseph Menino, which is a. Uh, um, it's um, uh, Buzzkill Joe, uh, Wick, Zach Helton, Janzi, Alexander, Josh, Ryan, Nisala, who Nisala is going to be doing some work for us. Uh, um, we are going to be commissioning her to do some work for us oh, for potential t-shirts. Nisala. Yay, nice. t-shirts coming. Um, Joshua, <laughs> Silver Lumos, Jasper, Brandon Comer, Brandon R., uh, Christopher Jack, Joey Willem, uh, Alex, uh, Alex Trent, Steph Bohm, uh, James Reed, William Brown, Cosette, Matthew Eaton, Thomas Kovar, Pat Bevins, Joseph Bruno, Anna P, Ashlyn Lee, Jason Stock, Pac-Man <laughs> in Idaho, Andrew S, David Clamage, Denver Rose, Elvira, Mies Gregory, Michael Kioski, Daniel Lee, and Ila Serden. If you want to be on that list of names, oh, wow. go to patreon.com slash heroes of to join the Patreon team and support the show. There's all kinds of different goodies on there. There's bonus episodes. There is uh, access to the Discord server, which there's always stuff going on um we uh would appreciate it so much thank you everyone who's already on the patreon team we love you very much thank you if yeah, you want thanks so much everyone if you want to reach out to the show you can do so by emailing us at heroes of at gmail.com you'll find that link into the show notes you can always head over to twitter at heroes of one or on instagram at the storm pod uh so yeah thanks a lot for listening everyone uh we love you very much we cannot wait to get i'm so excited to get through this part we're so damn close <laughs> we're only like four episodes away from getting through this what are part. we covering next what's the next oh yeah let's do, let's uh give them we're covering two chapters what's the heads up 50 two chapters and okay. 51 both Perfect. smallish chapters so it'll be a nice quick episode mm-hmm. i think um but we nice. are getting so close to the end of this part everyone's excited and waiting for it and like i teased before there is a live read coming up so we are going to be having a nice time with that so anyways thank you very much (laughs) I'm just droning on now thank you very much for everyone for listening we love you very much and until next time take care everybody the storm pod is brought to you by heroes of music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions additional music by Jason Moray produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the heroes of Akathra. <laughs>